Hello and welcome to Mashley at the Movies. I am Matt. I'm Ashley. And we're back with um, a special episode, the first of what we hope to be a series that we're just simply going to call Criterion. Uh-huh. So uh, some of you may know, some of you may not. There's a company that, that releases um, uh, physical media, as it's called these days, um, it's both DVD and Blu-rays, mm-hmm. and of very high quality, um, restored editions of films they feel like are worthy. You know? mm-hmm. and actually, they run the gamut of, of movies, everything you know from... Portrait of a Lady on Fire to <laughs> Godzilla and a whole bunch of stuff in between, including um, the movie that we are going to discuss today in the first of our series. And um, in addition to physical media, they also have a streaming service, Criterion Channel. Mm-hmm. And um, I will also go back and say, for those of you longtime listeners, may or may not remember, in September of 2018, <laughs> we did a special um, podcast for uh, what we hope to be the beginning of a series of podcast about the films of Powell and Pressburger, and we did A Matter of Life and Death. We enjoyed doing that. We didn't end up making it a series, though, but we're thinking of folding those into <laughs> the Criterion series that we're going to do, because those uh, all of those that we've seen have been released on Criterion. Mm-hmm. Now, all that out of the way, <laughs> Ashley is going to tell us about um, um, this movie, which is called Death in Venice. All right, so Death in Venice um, was released in 1971. It was directed by Lucino Visconti, and it stars Dirk Bogard. And it's his birthday today, March yes, 28th. and it's his birthday today. That's why we chose this movie especially. Um, it stars Dirk Bogard as a German composer named Gustav, not Gustav Mahler. This is an entirely different Gustav, although Gustav Mahler's music is played throughout. Um, but he is a composer who seems to be having some kind of personal or artistic crisis. He's kind of lost confidence in his art, and he um, is trying to escape his regular life, and he takes a trip to Venice, and he stays at um, a very beautiful hotel. Uh, it seems to be close to the, a beach, and he happens to spy there a young boy and he becomes kind of infatuated with this boy. How old would you say he is? Um, I think he's supposed to be around 12. We looked up the actor, and he was around 15 when he made the, mm-hmm, the movie. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, so he's, he's infatuated with this young boy and his, uh, his beauty. And um, that's kind of the, that's the setup. Um, there's not a whole lot of plot after that, but... Uh, yeah. No, um... So, you mentioned the director, and then I'm also going to mention the cinematographer, uh, mm-hmm. Pasquilino de Santos, because this is a really um, rich-looking film. Mm-hmm. The colors and the, 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 the camera shots and, and everything. There's a lot of panning in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, there's hardly ever any, like, just simple static shots. You know, mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a lot of... Camera's always, almost always moving to some extent, which mm-hmm. I found interesting. And it's a lot of panning across rooms, right? Uh, especially in the first part of the film, mm-hmm. um, you sort of, he, you know, this character that we're following, um, you know, Gustav, the Dirk Bogard character, he's arriving in Venice, and then he arrives at this hotel, and it's a lot of establishing shots of this hotel, like interior, with you know the 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 this moving across, seeing the room and, and that he's in, mm-hmm. and what he's looking at, and not always a lot of dialogue, and. Yeah, it's it's interesting. The word, the word that kept coming to my mind 
during the when I was reviewing this was meditation. Like this mm-hmm. is a meditation on something, right? Mm-hmm. Like still not a hundred percent sure I know, <laughs> but um, it also, I'll be honest, it also made me feel a little uncomfortable mm-hmm. um, because you know this is a man. I mean, Dirk Bogard. Uh, was born in 1921. This movie came out in 1971. He was probably 49 or so when they filmed it. I mean, he's a almost 50-year-old man, and he's very entranced by this teenage boy. Yeah. So that's a sub, you know, a, a point of uncomfortability, right? Um, they never, nothing ever happens. It's always he's always just views him from afar. Mm-hmm. Um, the boy is aware that he's viewing him, mm-hmm. and it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you're right. There is very little dialogue. I, I could probably put on one page the number of lines that are spoken in this in this movie. It is all images and and music. There's you know I mentioned before that um, Mahler is played throughout. I recognize somebody else's composition though there, and I can't remember who it was. But well, I don't know. There you know at one point there was some piano playing, and that mm-hmm. was Beethoven. Okay, there's that. There's something else too, but yeah, Beethoven was certainly. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, um, it, the pacing is, is very slow. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't put me, didn't put me to sleep and we were, you know, I was laying out on the sofa watching this. I could have very easily fallen asleep, but mm-hmm. I did not fall asleep, mm-hmm. but I could see how maybe this might be sleep inducing for some people. Um, because it is just a slow meditation you're you're just kind of viewing these beautiful images of Venice, and I don't think there's a more cinematic city than Venice. It's beautiful to look at. Well, I think that I read the song. The credits. This was filmed in Rome. Oh, but, but yeah, <laughs> well, it's, there, it's, there it's were set some. In I, there, I know there were some. There were definitely some that were filmed in Venice because mm-hmm. I recognized it. Um, and yeah, and so when you're not looking at the city, you're looking at this hotel, which is very beautiful. And you're looking at, you're, you're right, the camera is panning and you're looking at people. There's a lot of people watching going mm-hmm, on in this mm-hmm. movie. You know, you're kind of seeing things from his point of view and he's just kind of at this hotel looking at people. Um, <laughs> I'm not making this sound exactly exciting. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I don't know. It definitely, it succeeds at transporting you to, I feel like, another place in another time. Yeah, And it's set, it's... Set in what I probably the early nineteenth early twentieth century. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking late late nineteenth century, early twentieth century. I wasn't yeah. sure when yeah. exactly, just based on the costumes, which by the way were really good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I didn't dislike it. I, I I enjoyed it. It was beautiful to look at. Um, I don't know. It just kind of. I don't know if I was supposed to, if there was supposed to be an emotional resonance. If there was, I didn't really pick up on it. I mean, there's obviously a, a kind of tragic trajectory here. Um, well, he's not well. The he's he's not right. well, and we learn that Venice is not well. Yes, I mean, you know, <laughs> we're in the middle of a um, coronavirus pandemic, global, right? Mm-hmm. And we're kind of on a lockdown situation, so to speak, and... In this movie, 
there's a cholera epidemic right mm-hmm. going through yeah. Europe and particularly it comes to Venice yeah. and what what were at the beginning of the movie you know f- beaches filled with tourists and yeah. uh, nice looking areas you know become as the movie progresses empty beaches yeah. and and kind of trash looking areas and um, there's actually a scene where you know there's a guy uh, who's who's who lives and works in Venice who's saying to the Dirk Bogard character like he he feels like something is imminent like a, a shutdown is imminent right mm-hmm. I think he calls it a blockade but um, he's like but I mean he you can tell though he can't believe it would happen because Venice thrives on tourism mm-hmm. he's like without tourism you know we're, we're just gonna wither and die here and right. yeah I think you said <laughs> at one point it was hitting a little close to home really right really. now so yeah. But I did think it was interesting the the changes in that we see in the city. Yes. Along with you know as as as, as our main character is kind of fading, mm-hmm. the city is fading mm-hmm. as well. Um, so yeah, there's a certain poignancy there, but I felt like it just kind of left me emotionally unsatisfied. Um, I got a little emotional with it. Did you? I mean, mildly, not like, you know, weeping or anything like that. Right. But so, you know, earlier I mentioned that I felt like it was a meditation on something. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was partly a meditation on aging. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some people, some people are, they'd handle growing old differently, right? Mm-hmm. And it can be. Um, mentally speaking, anyway, not always the best thing. I mean, there's, this Dirk Bogart's character is, you know, like I said, he's around fifty, and he's something's happened to him. He's had like a nervous breakdown back mm-hmm, home, right? Mm-hmm. And he's that's why he's come to Venice to to try and relax. And his daughter has died. We see we see several flashbacks while yes. he's in Venice, and one of the flashbacks is him and his wife and daughter mm-hmm. that are frolicking in a field, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> literally. And then another flashback, you see he and his wife with the coffin and their daughters in the mm-hmm. coffin, right? So her, his daughter has died. Not sure what happened to the wife. Did right. I miss that? But no, I don't think they really spelled that his out. His wife is not with him. No. <laughs> um, he's got a, I don't know, a colleague, a friend. I don't know if I'd call this person a friend, though, because they, they're not terribly nice to him in, in the flashbacks that we see. Yeah. Um, but... Then he comes to Venice and he sees Tadzio, who is the 15 or so year old. And mm-hmm. you see Tadzio, he sees Tadzio with um, his friends who are of Tadzio's own age. And mm-hmm. they're all having fun at the beach, right? Mm-hmm. And being young people. Right. And I don't know. I feel like this may seem like a weird comparison, but, you know, one of the things I like to do is go to um, haunted houses in like, uh, you know, September, October every year. Mm-hmm. And one of the ones we like to go to is in Niles, Michigan, and I love going there and I have fun there, but it's like a big theme park. And, and sometimes when I'm there and I'm standing in line or whatever or in the midway, a lot of the people there are teenagers, mm-hmm. local teens, going out for a Friday or Saturday night for fun. Mm-hmm. And I get very wistful, like, I don't know, I, I it makes me pine for a youth that I didn't even have. I mean, my high school years were pretty miserable, right? But, but, but yeah, I look at these these younger people, and I'm like, oh my gosh, just to be to be young again. Mm-hmm. And I have no idea what their lives are like. I have no idea, what, you know, what pressures are on them, or what they're going through, or whatever, what their hopes and dreams are. But mm-hmm. there's this, you know, and maybe not everybody has this, right? But there's some. At least I felt sometimes this this, you know, 
seeing young people out frolicking, it makes me think, you know, as, as I get older, right? I mm-hmm. feel like, huh, you know, those, time, those times are never going to come again, mm-hmm. you know? And so I feel like at least in some of these scenes in this movie, I feel like the Dirk Bogart character might have been experiencing that. Or it might have just be that might just be me bringing myself to this movie and, and yeah. Um, I, no, I don't think so. I mean, it it's not heavy handed, but I, I think it's there. I mean, I think I, I picked up on that too. Um, I mean, and there's the other kind of more obvious um, point, which is that he's he's found in this young boy this this beauty that he's trying to capture in his art, mm-hmm. and he, he draws right or. Or, uh, I mean, he's a composer, he's a but I he, 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 see him like on the beach. He gets when he's on the beach and oh, he yeah, sees Todd. You know, he gets out like uh, paper and I think starts. Yeah, he's I thought he was something. drawing him or something. Pippi. Yeah, I can't recall. But I mean, I, it's definitely what you're saying is definitely there. And I think Dirk Bogart does a really good job. You know, we said there's very few lines of dialogue, and the he's I think in every scene. I think he he pretty much has to carry this movie with virtually no dialogue. And I think he does a really good job. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I thought the, the Mahler, <laughs> so I, I, I listen to classical music sometimes, but I rarely listen to Mahler because I think it's so serious and so solemn, but I think it worked well <laughs> with this movie, which is itself very serious and solemn. So, yeah. What do you think about, the fact that, you know, we see, obviously, uh, Dirk Bogart's character in flashbacks, he has a wife and daughter, mm-hmm. or at least had them at some point. Mm-hmm. But in, 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 the, in the present day of this film, um, he does seem to become infatuated with this young man's beauty. Mm-hmm. And it's a male. So what, what do you make of that? Um... <laughs> Well, certainly, you know, if he had some repressed homosexual urges or something, that would have not been un- unusual for that time. Um, so that could be a possible explanation. Perhaps he had the wife and kids because that was expected, but he's always had these feelings or this kind of, um, you know, perhaps he's has, you know, some bisexuality. I, I don't know what the issue is. And, or maybe it, maybe too, he's just kind of entranced by the, just you know the the beauty of this particular this particular boy and maybe it's not something that he's ever felt before i don't know yeah i think you know i say this i say this as a gay man but there have been um women who i have found particularly beautiful so you can i think you can be you can be heterosexual and still find someone of the same sex to be beautiful mm-hmm that being said, I mean, he becomes really infatuated with his Yeah, body. I don't think you reach this level of infatuation if yeah. you're not yeah. so inclined. <laughs> exactly. Um, I mean, he follows him around a lot, and it's weird. I mean, like I said earlier, this, this is, there's a level of uncomfortability. Yeah, he's very this. disturbing. He's stalking him, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's not this Dirk Bogart character. I would say he's pitiable, but there's there's... I don't know. I, I certainly. It's an interesting movie in that I don't dislike the movie. Yet I don't particularly care for the protagonist. Mm-hmm. Um, he's 
he's in fashion. He's a fifty-year-old man who's infatuated with like a teenage boy, mm-hmm. and he is kind of weird, right? I mean, he. I mean, that aside, <laughs> he's just he, the way he smiles and and the, his his affectations of the mm-hmm. way he just kind of is around people. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, it's very strange. Yeah. Um, so there's not much to to find relatable, I think, yeah. with him. Um, but. Yeah, I mean, I was still very, and you're right, he's in every scene, but I'm still very curious I was, was to what was happening, mm-hmm. you know, what he was, was going to happen next. Yeah. And, and you're right earlier, you mentioned this is very slow, and I was thinking during the time, I actually, we, we were on the couch watching this, <laughs> and I never got up once to use the restroom, I never got up to look at my phone, I didn't, um, you know, get a drink, I mean, I was pretty much on the couch watching this the whole time. I don't know. Maybe I'm just so used to the slow down nature of life right now with, mm. with this pandemic. But um, <laughs> yeah, it, it it certainly kept my interest. And I think it is rather lengthy. It's over two hours. Two hours and ten minutes. Yeah. So prepare yourself for a two hour and ten minute slow paced movie. <laughs> <laughs> but I would recommend seeing it. I mean, it's it's lovely to look at. Yeah. Seven point five from me. All right, I give it a seven point two. <laughs> And uh, our score then is a 7.4. It is on the tomato meter. Critic score, 67%. Still fresh. Audience go score goes at an 81. That's There's like 6,402. I wouldn't have predicted that. Audience members. Um, yeah, I curious to know who the this this feels like <laughs> this feels like one of those critic darlings that would probably be despised by a lot of people. <laughs> yes, um, you know. Another movie we discovered um, on Criterion that features Dirk Bogard is um, um, Victim. Yeah. Which he did 10 years before this movie. We should do that on another one of this uh, Criterion series because that's quite good. I did talk about it in our um, gay, gay and Lesbian Pride podcast that we did that one time. And back in June? Back in June. Yeah. 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 But, you know, it deserves a full podcast on its own. Yeah. So maybe that'll be coming up yeah. later on. For sure. All right. Thanks for listening. Stay healthy. Thank you.